please excuse my voice. This morning I've got the loogie, whatever the loogie is, it's in my chest and, and throat. So um, I'll do my best this morning. I'm excited to share God's word and welcome online as well. It's great to have you with us um, today. Do you know that the words do not fear or fear not appear over 300 times in the Bible? In fact, some people have said that there's actually, it repeats 365 times. Not quite sure, I've not counted them all. But that's almost like a do not fear for every day of the year, right? Um, And uh, you kind of think, is God trying to say something to us? You know, so often fear rises when we're faced with situations and circumstances, right, that are beyond our control. I'm I'm just being real this morning. Every human being feels fear in some way, shape, or form when we feel out of control. I remember when the mortgage rate actually went up 15% back in uh, 1989. And it was scary times. And I remember fear paid a visit to my door. And when we were trying to just to to get by and get through and weren't paid an incredible amount of salary by Milton Keynes Christian Center back then. um, But we believed God would meet all of our needs and provide for us. And this was an incredible opportunity. Some of you... Who've never experienced mortgage rates at 15% have never lived. <laughs> but some of us have got through. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> I notice that in times of personal hardship, whether it's worry, whether it's anxiety, whether it's lack, you just haven't got enough. Maybe in times of uncertainty and confusion, we naturally experience fear. We naturally experience an element of anxiety that comes upon our our lives. And um, we've all got that in common. And in this season of increasing uncertainty, which we're living in our world right now, we should be reminded that God says, the God of the Bible says to us, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Whatever your circumstance, whatever situation, no matter how bleak it gets, The God of the Bible would say to you today, do not be afraid. Over the next four weeks, we're going to look at some stories from the Bible where we're told, don't be afraid. And we're going to explore perhaps what we can learn to help us deal with some of the fears that may come into our own lives. Two stories are going to be from the Old Testament and two stories are going to be from the New Testament to kind of illustrate that the call not to fear is actually consistent right throughout Scripture. It's consistent. This week, I want to look at the call to not be afraid, but to be strong and courageous. Okay, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, actually, is particularly this one. And it talks to us about Joshua, who's a great man uh, in the Bible, who took over from Moses and had come through the wilderness, and now it was... Time to enter into the promised land. And this is what it says. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am going to give you. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to the Lebanon 
and from uh, to the great Euph- uh, river Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. What a great promise. What an amazing promise. I'm not sure the narrator of this passage actually reveals to us maybe what Joshua's feelings are right there. It doesn't tell us. But what we do here, the Lord tell him three times with increasing intensity is be strong and courageous. Okay? Now, when God repeats himself, can I say he hasn't got a speech impediment? When God repeats himself, it's intentional, right? And, and he means to say something. Therefore, we would do well to pay our full attention. We would do well to listen. And maybe Joshua was overwhelmed with fear at the time. We're not quite sure, especially with his new commissioning to, 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 to lead in such a way. And, and I, what I do know as I look at this story are three things that may be contributing factors of how he was feeling. The first thing is that, let's face it, Joshua faced, you know, some, well, sorry, he had to fill some big sandals. Moses was one of the greatest leaders of Israel. And although he had been apprenticed and commissioned by Moses prior to his death, Joshua was kind of following in the footsteps of this great man. In fact, Deuteronomy 34.10 tells us this, No prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those miraculous signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt to Pharaoh and to do, all, uh, to do all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. No pressure. So I'm sure there may have been some fear attached to that. He had some big sandals to fill. Joshua, secondly, was also becoming the leader of a great nation. We're not talking of a few hundred people here. It was a great nation, and he was called to lead God's people into this long-awaited fulfillment. God's promise to inherit the promised land. And I suspect Joshua felt both exhilarated, but at the same time, maybe the pressure of leading in such a pivotal time in history. See, he needed strength and courage, right? He did. I I can... Remember well when I was leading here at MKCC some years back and, you know, we had to aim for a £2.5 million building campaign and we had to raise £2.4 million to extend the borders of our own facilities here and develop. We felt God said that to us and you are sitting in and enjoying some of that which we dreamed about back then I can remember adrenaline and faith in those moments but I also experienced the occasional thought I wonder if God's going to show up is he going to is he going to provide but for me today what a joy it is to stand on the other side looking back 
and actually seeing God's provision and God's wisdom and through stewardship of good leadership that we have paid off the mortgage eight years early and this church is is debt free and that is a great joy absolutely but I understand the tension that Joshua may have felt with this exhilaration yet is God going to show up for us is he going to do what he said But thirdly, also, the obstacles ahead were large. They were not small. They weren't significant. God just didn't deal with them, you know, himself. They had to face some large opposition ahead of them. Never gets easier, believe me. It's always going to be a fight and a battle and a challenge. The promised land is not only a land filled with giant produce, but it's also filled with giant-sized people. It was actually filled with powerful people, the Bible said, and they lived in fortified cities. In fact, just jumping back a few years before when the spies were sent out back in Numbers, which was still the reality at this new day and a new opportunity that had come round for them to take Canaan again. It was still the same challenge where the spies, only two of them came back with a positive report. But the rest of them came back with a negative report. Two said, surely we can do it. And two said, we shouldn't attack. There's giants. In other words, we're fearful of what lies ahead. And as a result of that, they went and spread the rumor around the whole nation until the whole thing became so negative, God had to make a declaration that this nation or the people that were alive under the age of 20, had to die in the desert through their unbelief in the promises of God. Now Joshua, except Joshua and Caleb, which Caleb's another message. I've got a great message on Caleb. But Joshua and Caleb are allowed in to take possession of the land, and they come round again with a new generation, ready to face the giants, ready to face what seemed, which the bad report said, they seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Or we seemed, and we looked the same to them. They, there was so much fear that confronted them. And they faced them again. So does Joshua choose again to believe God or to be filled with fear and unbelief? That's his greatest challenge at that moment in time. So he's got large opposition ahead of him. He's got big sandals to fill. He's got, you know, leading the nation to be concerned about. With all these challenges stacked up before him, Joshua could have chosen fear, couldn't he? I'm sure 90% of us probably would in here. We would have chosen the fear route. A fear that paralyzed him. Maybe a fear that would rip him off from ever inheriting all the promises of God for his life. A fear that would take him away from the place where God wanted him to be. That 100% beautiful place of fulfilling God's purpose and plan for your life. See, God knew that Joshua needed to hear the message to be strong and courageous. And that's why he spoke three times. Isn't it great that God cares about you? Must have speaking to you now. He has no problem repeating himself. The question is, are you listening? The first time the Lord tells Joshua to be strong and courageous, it's on the base of his own promise. 
In verse 6 we read, Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. See, this was God's promise, not Moses' promise. This was God's promise. And the Lord had already promised the land of Canaan to Abraham and to all his offspring. And so Joshua can be strong and courageous on the basis of God's unfailing covenant promise. That's why he can be strong. That's why he can be courageous. I want to tell you, God's promise will always come to pass. Either through you or someone else. God's promise will always come to pass. And in God's time, and that's where sometimes we have a problem. Because we want it all now. Sometimes we have to wait. And sometimes it's not in our generation. But it's in God's time and Joshua has to step out and believe in the promises of God and move forward. See, that's, that's, that's so important for us to realize. You can have a hundred promises from God. But it's, it's, it's about the belief and you stepping out into those promises is where the miracle happens. Where the confidence comes. Where the confidence in God's promises accelerate and faith comes you got to step out when God promised something right this was the challenge and this was where they were at the last generation didn't believe they didn't believe the promises of God when we know when we flip forward into the new testament it says all the promises of God are yes and amen this generation didn't believe they were filled with unbelief and they did not inherit Canaan, the promised land. The second time the Lord tells Joshua to be strong and courageous is on the basis of prioritizing and practicing God's law in his life. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law of my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to obey everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. That's another incredible promise. And it speaks to us as well today. By keeping God's word central, obeying it in your life, by meditating on it, it can live in your heart. It can come out of your lips by sharing it with others will guarantee, the Bible says, success wherever you go. Isn't that an incredible promise? But you've got to grab the word of the Lord. And following the law of Moses keeps Joshua close to God's own heart. And that's exactly the kind of leader God's people deserve. That's who they need. Joshua knows this. The third time the Lord tells Joshua to be strong and courageous is on the basis of his presence. I love this. Have I not commanded you? Can you feel the intensity? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. See, ultimately, the success of Joshua's leadership is ultimately, and also the welfare of God's people, is dependent on the abiding and guiding presence of God. It's the same today. It's so the same today. John 15 tells us, if we remain in the vine, 
that we will bear much fruit and fruit that lasts. We will be prosperous. We will become everything that God's purposed us to be. I remember at Bible school, an old lecturer of mine, he said, whatever situation you face, when you believe that the Lord goes with you, you have all the reason in the world to be strong and courageous. Isn't that good? You've got all the reason in the world. So God commands Joshua to be strong and courageous. And Joshua will experience great victory ahead, but not in his own strength, not his own ability, not even in his own courage, although that's good, but because of who is with him. God Almighty. Now, in one sense, as we look at that story and I paint that picture and background, man, you know, I could, I could speak, I could preach a series on that bit alone, to be honest with you. In one sense, this promise in the passage was specific to Joshua as the leader of the Israelites as he took them into the promised land. Yet the principles extend to us today. Firstly, God expects his followers to live strong and courageous lives. He expects us to. The Bible says this in the New Testament. You'll find the Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy. He says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but power, love, and self-discipline. Wow. God has given you all. If you're a believer, if you're following Christ, he's given you power. He's given you the ability Not to fear with timidity, but power, love, and self-discipline. When Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit, folks, he said, I'm going to send the paracletus, the one who is just like me, the one that represents me. This is how you will know him. And he's going to come and he's going to empower your life. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Wherever you go... There's the power to be God's witness. There's the power not to be timid, but the power to speak up for Christ. You know, maybe you need strength this morning. Maybe you need boldness this morning. Maybe you need courage in your life today. Maybe you are controlled by timidity. Maybe you, are, you have a lack of love in your life. Maybe you have no discipline and the sin that so easily entangles us just has got its hands around your throat and there's little victory in your life. I want to encourage you to ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit, to fill you again with his Holy Spirit and to give you power. And God calls us to be strong and courageous And he comes alongside of us to empower us to live boldly as his witnesses in the world. To live righteously. To be his light. To be his ambassadors. To be strong. And he would say to us all today, come on, be strong. Be courageous. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to lift you up. Do not be afraid. In addition to living strong and courageous lives, God calls, secondly, his followers to live without fear. Well, there is a sense in which we're all called to 
live in the fear of God, which really is all about respecting and honoring him and revering who he is. He is almighty God and he is holy. Ye should be in our awe of him. But scripture is also clear that we are to live with a confidence in God's promises and to live with a sense of power in us at all times. And I thought all I could do to empower this point is just to share some of the scriptures that I read regularly in my own life. And I would encourage you to read regularly as you face your own fears. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. So don't go looking around for peace in the world, folks. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Come on, somebody. Matthew 10, Jesus said, don't be afraid for those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. God doesn't want us to be afraid. We need to run to him. Hebrews 13 verse 5 and 6. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because the Lord has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, come on somebody, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? 1 Peter 3 says, who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you do suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. And one I love, when Paul was imprisoned, when his life was being threatened, he says, because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become fearful. No, 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 no. Become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel. What? Without fear. They suddenly got a new sense of courage. The Holy Spirit's at work in their lives. And as they go to work, as they're around in the neighborhoods, the places where they're active, they became courageous to share the good news. Friends, I want to encourage you to immerse yourself in God's word. Love it and live it. Amen. Love it and live it. God says in your situation today, do not be afraid. That's right. Amen. Thirdly, the reason we can live strong and courageous lives without fear is that God is with us wherever we go. Do you believe that? I mean, come on, somebody. Do you really believe that? I mean, it'd be easy if Jesus just come and stood here today so we could all see him, wouldn't it? But this is, we're called to live the life of faith. It's a belief in the promise. And he says that he is with us. To Joshua, he said to the people, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And Jesus has promised us in Matthew 28, 20, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So I know based on the promises of God, I put my faith completely. Although I don't see him here today, he is standing right here with me. He is always with 
me in the good, the tough times, the difficult moments, the places where I wish I wasn't there and God would set me free and deliver me, but he is with me. Do you believe that? Do you truly believe that? In your current situation where you are today, God says, don't be afraid. Well, the promise in Joshua 1 here is specific to Joshua. These principles affirmed, and they are affirmed right through the scriptures, as I said at the start, as applicable to every believer today. God calls us to live courageously without fear, knowing that he is with us right now at all times. And the good news is that we don't have to remain in our fears. We don't. God's word tells us to call out to God in our times of fear. I love what King David's confession was, like ours should be today. It says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from how many? Come on, how many? From all my fears. Wow. As a kid, I remember being scared to death to go on a plane trip to Spain, Espanol. The, the land of promise. I mean, back in my day, it was a dangerous affair going on a plane because there was a lot more crashes back then. And I can remember my dad being excited to take me to Spain, and I can remember just feeling really scared, quite fear, but I never forget some beautiful words that he said to me. As I stood at the airport, he said, Mark, put your hand in mine and let's walk together. There's no need to fear. 